Thanks for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. Welcome, guys. We are back for another week. Today we're covering uh, Season 1, Episode 8 of the Robert Stack episodes. Um, that's Amazon Prime. I believe this is Episode 6 for yes. the Hulu. They actually fixed it, and so it makes a little more sense now. Um, so this episode, Season 1, Episode 6 for Hulu in season one, episode eight for Amazon. All right, and I'm here by uh, my, uh, in, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not international, intercontinental. Uh, we're, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're three people from different places. We're all over the globe. All in the United States. <laughs> God, whatever. Um, I'm David Howell. Um, and we're joined by uh, Eli. And Eli Dominguez. What's up, guys? And uh, Dan, where are you today? Road Dan, with us as always. Uh, today I'm in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Shout out, shout out to all you Winston-Salem. Uh, ever heard of Winston cigarettes Winston- or Camel oh, cigarettes? Winston- They're from here. Winston-Salem? Like, it's both of those names, and those are two different brands of cigarettes? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Learn something new yeah. Wow. Tobacco <laughs> country. Alright, let's jump the fuck into the true crime um, dense episode, guys. Huge. Oh, yeah. This is a big one. Yeah, it, I mean, the fourth crime is, like, very short, but it's still... I, I, <laughs> I think the the third one is a two-parter, so I don't know what that means. It says one part one and two. Uh, I don't know if that was over two episodes. I don't know what that means. But anyways... A lot of Debras. Yeah, lots of Debras. A lot of Debras in this. <laughs> is there multiple Debras? I didn't notice... The oh, there got, was multiple first got Debras. A flock of barbs and now a frock of Debs. Uh, uh, no, no, a, a, a flock a of Debs. Debs. Uh, it's got to be something school. different. Different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first case is uh, a missing persons, and um, we're going to be talking about uh, Christy Nickel, and probably a little bit more about Mark Nickel, her husband. Oh man. Um, so th- it's actually Nichols. Nichols. It's just you know uh, our boy Robert Stack has a little speech impediment. Hey, he Christy was rocking Nichols. that. Sweet double-breasted black trench to oh, oh yeah. see that dude? Dang, I want that thing. Yeah, that was a that was a, a lot. That was a lot of trench coat. That was a Fly. lot of <laughs> Um so so this happened in uh was it Gothenburg or Gothenburg? I'm thinking of Batman. It, Gothenburg. It's Gothenburg with an uh, well, I, well, When I Gothenburg, first saw it, I was like, oh, Nebraska. Gothenburg. That's David's favorite city. Yeah. <laughs> Gotham? Gothenburg. Gotham, Gothenburg, Louisiana. <laughs> Nebraska. Um, is where this happened, and, and I think they said. This oh is like yeah, a Nebraska, town of, not Louisiana. My bad. <laughs> yeah, this is like a town of like three thousand people. So. Um, oh yeah, very very small town. Yeah, so uh, Christy Nichols. So she was married at like nineteen, and um, she married Mark Nichols, and and they had uh, a daughter, and then later a son. Um, Which I point out, I, the I, the son is my age. He was born in '86. That was the year I was born. That's crazy to think. About. But you know what's funny? They don't mention the daughter's date of birth. They're like, oh, you know, they had a daughter shortly after they got married. In but in April of '86, they had a son. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like I mean, kid. yeah, yeah, it's weird. You, you think they would do the the daughter as the first kid? They would give that date. Fuck the girl. Who cares about when she was born? This was in '88. The yeah. son. Yeah. This was when. Women's rights was well, still not and also as like they were probably like they were uh they you know they were probably that's probably why they got married maybe well, we know this isn't in a happy marriage but we don't know that maybe. so twelve eleven nineteen eighty seven is when uh, 
all this went down. Um, so she basically went missing. And we'll get into uh, kind of, uh, you know, what led up to that or what they think led up to that. So, like we said, she has the two kids. And then they, we, we first meet her mom and her mom's like, um, she was she say that she has like a very negative self-image, right? She pretty much yeah, said she had like a negative insecure. self-image about herself until she had the kids, and then once she had her kids, she just became this person that was just like you know, like this is what I'm actually good at, like you know, hey, like she was good for nothing before she, yeah, had she was just kind kids. of a bitter Betty. That's what the she mom said. Mom. She was a sour Susan, but for apparently sure. she was like a badass mom. I don't, I don't know. I think that's just what the mom says. I, <laughs> I feel like she's just over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People um, tend to oversell their children. Yeah, so she had a poor self-image, and that's... Uh, oh, yeah, and then, like, one of the first things that the that Mark says is... Uh, uh, I wish my phone wasn't dead, because I would have uh, played the clip, but it's like... He's like, people think... People think I chopped her up in pieces and took her took her body to oh, the dump. Oh no, and then, I, I wrote then, it down. And then looked around and I wrote it down. I have it verbatim. If you'd like to know what he exactly says, well, basically, it, it's like <laughs> people are saying I chopped her up and put her in bags and buried her at the dump, and that really got to me because I guess they were actually up there digging around. <laughs> Dude, the way he says that, I'm innocent and I just want my wife back. It's like, and you got to remember, this is eleven months. You're on. This national is, television. Don't casually talk about chopping your wife up into pieces. Even if you're like, not hurt my feelings. Yeah, she disappeared 11 months before this broadcast. So it's fairly recent. And for him to be talking like that. Chopped her up. Like, just so casually. <laughs> like, I got nervous. Mm. I thought they might have actually found something on me. <laughs> Luckily, oh, shit. This mic still on? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> So can, can we delete uh, that? So was it? I played the fifth for that last. So he pulled a Robert Durst. Was it? Was it after missing for eleven months? It was when the state patrol finally. So eleven months after she went missing, uh, the Nebraska State Patrol um, steps in with uh, Terry Art Atkins taking the point on the case, and uh, once he started investigating, he started to realize it seemed a little bit more foul play than you're just your standard missing. Uh, person's case of you know someone just like getting up and leaving uh just yeah yeah like they found out she was having an affair yeah and home i don't think our friend mark very very like that very totally much. rocky marriage yep well yeah. yeah 10 days before she went missing um she went to the er uh with injuries from uh, a spat that oh, they yeah. little had and um what mark says like he's explained the whole situation and he's just like, well, I tried to stop her from going out, and I pushed her, and she fell on pauses. The water, the bed, water bed. spraying her thumb. Like, <laughs> like he takes a moment to just be like, yeah, I got a water. No, bed. hey, well, you missed an important part. I mean, I mean, you should never hit a woman for any reason. But, but he, uh, before he pushed her on the water bed, and she like fell on her thumb. He, she, she burnt him in the neck with the cigarette oh, she was right. holding. Oh, that's right. That's what she so said. So this is a classy lady, very classy. Well, let you. Um, and then, and then he pushed her on the waterbed. Yeah. Quote unquote. I had and one she of those. On her Did you guys ever have a waterbed? I had a waterbed. No, I never had a waterbed. Oh, dude, I. But the reenactment took that very seriously. That was a uh, waterbed. That was and, big, know. man. <laughs> I would, I, you know, I asked my in-laws because they had one. I don't remember if it was comfortable or not because I was, I was small. I was relatively small. <laughs> I think we got rid of it when I was maybe like um, eight. Um. 
uh, our friend Alon, I've known him since we were like really little kids, and he had a waterbed, and I used to like spending the night at his house because I thought like the waterbed bed was like the most amazing thing oh, in the world. I always got so I so if you ask me, I, I, I think it was very comfortable because I thought it was the coolest. I always thing in like nineteen ninety. I was always worried that I was going to wake up like Edward Scissorhands in that scene where he like cuts into the waterbed and it sprays everywhere. I always oh, I always thought like I thought you were talking about oh, well. There's also Johnny Depp, same actor in in. Uh, uh, the first Nightmare on Elm Street when like the blood like oh, just shoots out of the bed, yeah. <laughs> dude. So Lots yeah, if Depp. I was Johnny Depp, I definitely wouldn't get on in a, any sort of a liquid bed with any liquid. Uh... That's funny. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, Anyways, yeah. Oh yeah. So so, so this is our first. This is our first Deb, Deb, Deborah sighting. Cousin Debbie. Um, was telling you know was hanging out with uh, Christy at the bar that she bartended at, and she was telling them about telling her about uh, how Mark beat her, and she you know the cousin Debbie said to get some help. She and, was acting like a scared um, little rabbit. <laughs> she, is that, <laughs> she did say that? Huh? She said, "Oh, she was acting like a scared rabbit." Aw, I know. <laughs> That's not cute at all. But I'm imagining a scared little cute rabbit. No, it's a very terrifying situation. She said. Um, yeah, so th- I think this is when they talk about the lawyer that she met with, and it was like an out-of-town lawyer because it's such a small town. Yeah. The So these guys were like special divorce attorneys, and after all the stuff that she said, they uh, were going to – they, did they call the cops recently? No, yeah, he, he actually called the authorities and reported uh, past crimes that he had perpetrated onto her. Um, wow as a way to start building a defense for her reasoning the reasons to to want a divorce and, and like uh, every time they have one of these uh uh people saying like oh yeah the doctor talks about she seemed scared she just seemed distant like she wouldn't make eye contact with me and then debbie like in between these interstitials they have like dumbass mark has been like people think i'm violent people say i hurt <laughs> but they're her. just totally oh, i never do that just totally wrong the rumors are all wrong yeah yeah, it's like I never uh, killed my wife and chopped her up and put her in bags and buried her. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this might still it's all too specific, Mark. Too we'll, specific. We'll, Stop we'll it. We'll get to we'll get to it in a bit, man. This is a doozy. <laughs> so yeah, so so uh, the guy, this divorce lawyer, does make a point to say like uh, that's the most like shooken up client that he's ever had in all the years of him doing that. So you know, it's pretty weird. Um, um, next we have the, uh, December 10th, the day before she goes missing, she, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she goes shopping last afternoon with her family. They went Christmas shopping and then, um, once they get home, that's when they, uh, decide to, they get the babysitter and go out to the bar. And, um, I think the babysitter is very observant. Yeah. Uh, she was pretty interesting. Well, like the things that she had to say. You have to remember, she um, babysit. She babysat for them before. So yeah, she was. She was like yeah. their normal, regular. Like, she knew new person. Yeah, she knew there was something and she, up. And she, she's like, "This is weird. Like they they don't like each other enough to go to a fucking right. party." Right, which, which is weird too, because I'm thinking, you know, I'm married, and I, I thought if I was having and if I if I'm putting myself in Christy's shoes, if I went to a divorce attorney. The, You're total the last thing I would want to do is go out with my wife. Yeah. But maybe she was just keeping up appearances. Maybe she didn't, you know, she did go to a divorce attorney in another town. So maybe she was just trying to, hey, maybe. Play it yeah, cool yeah. with Mark. You never know. Because she was, 
Because um, from the testimony, well, not testimony, the, the talking heads, the interviews with the doctor and the uh, attorney, this um, divorce attorney, like, uh, yeah, she seemed freaked out. Like, like enough to where she, uh, to where, well, it seems like. They said stressed, but not panic stricken. Right. Yeah, he did say that, huh? That she wasn't panic stricken. She's like, she had an appointment to go back. Like the doctor said, she never makes eye contact, and she's very like distant and stuff like that. Um, so they they leave the bar at midnight and go to an all night corner store, which they apparently left at twelve thirty. The babysitter says that she was doing her homework, and they got around. He got around, got home around uh, from twelve around twelve thirty or one in between then, and um, this is fucking interesting. This is another where I'm just like this babysitter man, like she's. She's like, uh, she. We need more people like that. Like, just open ears. She's yeah. like, there's she. According to her, she's like, I didn't see the girl come in. So what he says is that uh, Christy was in front of him when they got out of the car. She walked in the house before him. A few yards and, ahead. Uh, yeah, few yards. And um, um, Christy remembers him coming in, asking if the you know they have a, they have the reenactment. Like, are the kids okay? Yeah, they're fine. And then he pays her in cash, which is weird because she usually pays him with a check, and she, and they never have any like exchange. You know, it's always her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he he doesn't even say that she's oh yeah she's in the room she came in. I mean they don't mention that, but according to this babysitter, the way she says it, she's like, "There's no way I wouldn't have heard her the door open. I wouldn't have heard footsteps. Like there's no way that she came in. You know, first. especially someone who's a baby. You know, being a babysitter, I think you'd be like." You know, very. You'd be looking around. You'd be, you know, in yeah. case you hear a kid's crying or whatever. So I, I, I don't know. I trust her. I wish I got her name. She's a unsung, maybe not you know, hero, but because <laughs> this is an unsolved mystery. <laughs> um, yeah. So the babysitter is very surprised by this. She, like she just seems, without straight up saying, she's like she wasn't there that no, night. Yeah. Is what I got from that at least. So, oh, yeah, yeah, so he gets um, home and then, at one thirty ish or one twelve thirty one, and then he goes to bed at what like two a.m. That's what he and claims. So he yeah. says that yeah that he went to With bed her. and she was already in bed. Apparently, yeah. Ooh. And then the next day is when she says, "Oh, where's Christy?" The mom, right? Um, no, or the kids. Well, well, no, sorry. When he decides. Because the he says the kids came in first. He says the kids woke him up, and oh, okay. then he realized that Christy wasn't there. So he walks around the house. He's like, Christy. He's like calling her name. You know the react, reenactment. It shows him calling her name, looking for her, and apparently he knew that she took a suitcase, and both their cars were still there. So her car and his yeah. car were both in the parking or not the parking lot, but the uh, driveway. Then so at nine thirty, Christy's mom calls, and that's when he tells her that she's yes. in in bed because he didn't want to raise alarm, right? Right. Oh yeah, this is fucking weird. This is weird. Like he he says, and, and I guess if you if you're uh, you in a relationship where you're fighting and everything's like, you know, I hate you one day, I love you the next day, that it wouldn't be that weird if she wasn't there in the morning, right? But it is weird. It's like no, she's here. I'll tell have you call her when she wakes up. It is it is a little strange mm-hmm. for sure. So he, he he gets the kids ready, apparently, and he takes the kids to, was it his mom? 
No, it's it's her grandmother. Her grandmother, Christie's grandmother. grandmother. So yeah, and yeah. She, so it's the kid's great grandmother. Yeah, and the kids, the the grandmother found it weird that he didn't call first. He says they usually call when they drop the kids off. He just yeah, showed like up. Anybody? Yeah, he just and then and then and then um, he's like, I dropped the kids off and I went looking around to all our old haunts, looking around town, seeing if I could find for two her. hours. And then this the, this state trooper guy, he's like. Oh yeah, we asked everybody. And nobody saw um, him drive yeah, around. Like that, that fucking no way happened. Like yeah, come on, come on. Yep. Um, I wonder what the fuck he went to do. Yeah. He, like set up. Okay, wait. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Too. <laughs> Maybe set something up. So um, yeah, fucking liar. Okay, now at one thirty-seven p.m. that day is when he files the missing person report. Right. And that's when. And, and then <laughs> as soon as they start looking into it. The cops find out that this fucking guy moved away the next day. He boxed. He boxed up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Boxed up all the clothes and sold both of their cars. Is what it it said. Yeah. That's not. That. Yeah. That's not strange behavior. (laughs) Someone having hope that their the love of their life. You know, we can't leave it. We got to stay here. (laughs) No. No. Fuck this. I'm moving. Twelve hours. Fuck. She's been gone yeah, for a day. Like, She's gone forever. Uh, you know what pisses me off? I, I for sure this guy. Oh, his wife, yeah. I think, but it just pisses me off that he got away with it because he's so oh, fucking he's stupid. He's an idiot, big dumb dumb. God man. damn it! He's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He's so okay, dumb. We're not even done. So like we're not in, even in done. March of '88, with three months after she goes missing, they find her suitcase on a roadside rest area, thirty miles away from town. Right? Oh, dude. Dumb. If that's not <laughs> dumb, he's so dumb. So I, I asked. That is dumb. Too. I, I was thinking. I was like, shit. Am I a bad husband? Because I thought the about suitcase. it. I said, if my wife packed up and left her, like, took a suitcase and put some shit in there, would I know what she took? I'm like, fuck. I'm a, I'm a pretty bad. I'm a pretty bad husband. But then no, I asked that's her. Bullshit. Why would you know? No, that? no, no. But do you know exactly what no, you would take? But then I asked her. I said, like, like, I said, hey, if yeah. I left, if I were to pack up my stuff, would you know what I took? And she's all, uh, like, what do you mean? Like, your, and of course she goes, like, your records? I was all, no, not my <laughs> records. I said, like, my clothes. I said, my clothes. Yeah, like, what outfit? And she said, what, um, what blouse and, and skirt she's combinations? Like, not right away. She said, I, I might, like, over time. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's, you're probably right. Like, going through the stuff, actually looking through everything and saying, okay. Like, hey, did they take that Mickey Mouse shirt? Yeah, that Mickey Mouse shirt's definitely gone. Well, <laughs> but, but do you, do you know what you would pack? If you know what I mean, do you even know what you would pack? Like, which I don't know. It's hard to answer. I that would leave. Uh, I would just leave with the clothes on my back, and I'd buy new things. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. I might I, I might pack something this week that'd be totally different than what I'd pack next week. I don't. You know, it's just who's the fucking say? But we're just getting ahead of ourselves. So, like Dan said, they find the fucking suitcase, and what else? Uh, they find her suitcase okay. and uh, her purse, but it's empty. Well, how, how far away again? You you mentioned at a rest you caught uh, it. How far away from? Thirty miles. Thirty miles. So okay. not that not that far. Like you know, if someone was getting out of town, you know, three so maybe months later, you would hope they had made it more than thirty miles. That's, yeah, that's thirty miles. miles you can make you can make that and back in two hours. So the, and, the time. And, and this investigators, this investigators, like it's pretty clear. That we were all sure that it was placed there recently, and it definitely looked like it was made. It was placed there, so somebody would totally fucking find it. Look at this. Ah, he's so stupid. He's an idiot. He's a big dum-dum. And, 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 then, and then back to what we were talking about right now. 
he was able to identify. He identified every Everything. item in the fucking because suitcase. Because he packed it. <laughs> like, like that would help him. Like, that would help his credibility. Yeah, no. Which is fucking weird. he's dumb. It's like, you know. He's so you know, dumb. Every fucking thing. Everything <laughs> in, your, in your wife's suitcase. Everything. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe a shirt or two. Maybe, like, oh, yeah, the toothbrush. But fucking everything. every single thing so is like, weird. Everything he, la- he, he named off. She had in that bag, or they found. He's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like it's so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh um, man. Yeah, and so I was really excited to look this one up because we're in the future now, and uh, fuck no, this shit is still unsolved. Damn. Mark is still free. That stupid dum dum. He's still. He's. I mean, I don't know if. He's alive, but I mean, he's still free. Uh, the cops and everybody in that fucking town. Their son is my family, age, and her, and her family. Their son is totally um, my age. He's yeah, thirty-one. Her family thinks it's him. It's, it's one of those. Good. Yeah. Uh, there is one update to this case. It's not a good one, unfortunately. Uh, Christie's lawyer passed away in 2013 at the age of oh. 80. So they never found her. Nothing. Nothing. So, uh, wait. I don't know why. Yeah, see, I read that on the Unsolved Mysteries wiki, and it's like, why add that? Because like, <laughs> they have nothing else. If a lawyer dies, but check it out. If someone's lawyer dies, the case is just like, eh. Because there's really because he wasn't he wasn't with the firm. He was an individual lawyer, so there's no one to really pursue it. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they could get someone else to, but money and stuff. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I was hoping Dan was going to come through with the like clutch, like. They caught him. No. DNA no, no, evidence. I tried. I dig. I dig. I, I spent a good hour and a half digging on just on that one. That's upsetting. Nothing. Um, <sighs> yeah, so that's that. That's fucking. Eight. That's case number one of uh, episode eight or six if you're on Hulu. Um, this this next one's uh, kind of fun to theor- theor- theorize. 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 Uh, this this one is a wanted case. Um. We're gonna be talking about Mark Adams next. Yeah, he he broke out of San Quentin, but we'll, that's the that's like the the hook. But it's a lot more than that. This guy. So yeah, this is this was the one where I confused yeah. in an earlier episode where the guy, um, man, I, I his name escapes me, but the one where the the lady, the church lady, breaks him out. Remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got the reason why he, prison. You got prison breakouts yeah, mixed up. Yeah, so I got, right. I got, I got the crime. The did, what put them in prison? The that murdered. They both murdered teenagers so, and got arrested and broke out of yeah. prison. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I got their crimes confused. So this is the one that I was thinking of in a previous episode. So, to tell you about Mark Adams, just like Robert Stack did, we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, Take you back to uh, summer of summer 1986. Of, uh, August 1979. Oh, I thought it was 86. Um, oh, that's no, when he escaped, is, he, he, or that's when he no, was. No, this is the the initial crime. This is he was 16. But okay, so these three uh, these three dudes went uh, teenagers. They went to a dugout, you know, uh, at a park. Uh, in a baseball field and they went to go have some beers just sit in the dugout talk about girls and their friends and chill and um and three yeah it's it's like they talked about friends in school it's like just shut up why are you telling us what they talked about like teen stuff we get it (laughs) sorry robert i'm sure you didn't no disrespect (laughs) 
Um, so these three, <laughs> these three people in uh, ski masks walk up to them, and uh, um, ask for their wallets. And this one kid just says, <laughs> "This Zach Morris hey, type. <laughs> why don't you guys just leave us alone?" <laughs> Dude, totally Dawson's Creek. He's either a Vanderbeek or what'd you say? A, a guy from the, the Zach Bell? Morris type. Yeah. <laughs> Letterman jacket, varsity, blonde hair, sweet mullet. Just leave us alone. Um, yeah. So, and then they walked away. And the way, like after he says that, they, like, they go they like nod. <laughs> they do like all right. Yeah. The, and then they, and turn, then they turn around, around and they're like, and then, "Fuck you." <laughs> well, this is the reenactment we're talking about. The the reenactment reminded me of like a uh, like the beginning of a Ninja Turtles like, movie. <laughs> like the turtles were gonna jump out at any moment and then just oh. beat the fuck out of the guys <laughs> in the ski mask. That's funny, yeah, totally. Oh, uh, that would have been awesome if they just like flip or out. Casey like, Jones and, comes out with his hockey mask and hockey stick. And just starts beating dudes with a hockey stick. Oh, Jesus, no, that's the wrong eighties movie. Saved, that's the wrong. 80s. Saved by the. <laughs> Hockey stick. <laughs> oh, man. That would be a way better story. Yeah. And then the Ninja Turtles came and saved them, and none of this other shit happened. Yeah. He never <laughs> escaped from San Quentin. So, so um, yeah, the, the three guys in the hockey mask walk away, and then they open fire on the kids. And uh, they kill one. The kid's name was Mike uh, Ridenor. Ridenor? Mike Ridenor. And, and his... Uh, and his buddy uh, was injured, and I guess the third person was unscathed. But um, yeah, so uh, four people saw a car that arrested, and they arrested all three of these people. He, being the gunman, was sentenced to a prison sentence of twenty-five to life. Yeah, and he was sixteen, so supposedly, right? Isn't that what he they was said? sixteen Dude, when he opened fire his, and killed his mugshot? Did not look sixteen. Maybe like sixteen. I going know, on forty-seven. Yeah. Yeah, dude, a 1979 16 is very different than a 2017 16. <laughs> I'll just say that, yeah. Um, um, so this is when we get to. So he, he was uh, 19. A couple years later. Yeah, well, he was 19 when he entered prison. Yeah, San Quentin, when he entered San Quentin. Um, and of course, this is, you know, the in, impenetrable, huge fucking. Oh, yeah, no, this this prison is. Prison in, this prison is not like a prison to joke with. It has 25. Yeah. Well, the walls are kind of weak. They're 25 feet tall, but they're three feet thick of concrete. <clears> and they name drop. Didn't they name drop and some, like, some other people who stayed there? Uh, oh, yeah. Charles Manson is still there. Wait, I don't know about now, but he was then. No, he's still there. I don't know where he is. He, he, he's yeah. still a, a um, inmate there. Yeah, they had some other people that I didn't. It didn't, like. Uh, they didn't. Um, uh, Anyways, it didn't spark my. Brain. Yeah, it it was it a. Uh, my brain. It, it's this is a very famous prison. This is nothing. This is like they don't. Not, they don't fuck around. They don't like, fuck you around. Know, normal prisons, police officers don't have, or wardens don't have weapons because they might be used against the against themselves. That's this some place, shit. they have they have what are called gunning catwalks. So the catwalks are ele- elevated above the prisoners, so you could have a gun. Like, I mean, Many of them are repeat offenders. Yes. Uh, this is end of the line I, for a hardened. I like how. That's what Robert I, I like says, how uh, sort of. they they talk about how he was el- he wouldn't be eligible for parole until 2007, and they talk about it like it's which sounded light so, years away. Yeah, it sounded so futuristic. <laughs> that stuff. was ten years ago. <laughs> it's like he, he wouldn't have parole until 2000. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't be eligible. Yeah. Um, no, don't so, worry, guys. Yeah. He got out much earlier than that. <laughs> 
So 19 years old, like we said, uh, they loved him. He was a model prisoner. Um, he worked at a clerk um, on a computer, as a clerk on a computer. Um, and uh, everybody seemed to like him. Um, the, the guy says that if he, you know, he probably could have checked schedules and times and he probably could have done a lot of stuff. So uh, four years to the day. Yeah, four years sentenced. to the day. He, he gets a, an authorization pass to leave work early. So at around 2.30, he goes to his supervisor and says, hey, I'm out for the day. I like and how they... The supervisor they just, asks him, like, oh, I'm off to the day. He says, all right, yeah. see you tomorrow. I like how they just, like, talk about prison, like, if it's just, like, everyday like life. It's <laughs> like, of, uh, like, it's clocking out of... Like, it's clocking out of... I gotta go right in there and make sure you bring your doctor's note. <laughs> I go to the dentist. So, he leaves his work and then around 2.30, saying he's going to the dentist, and he's last seen headed towards the dentist's office at around... I think they were saying like 2.45 by a security guard. At 4.15, they do a head count, and without any issues, it normally takes 45 minutes to do to do a complete head count. At 4.45 is when they officially report Adams as missing. It, if it takes 45 minutes to do the head count, yet it only took 35, 30 minutes for them to be like, wait, we think something's wrong. And they discuss like how detailed they go and do like, they go cell by cell, pulling up photographs and like, yep, this is prisoner, whatever, whatever. Yeah, like each one had like a life touch uh, school pictures, um, like like photograph, like you know. School, uh, do you think they got those photos from school photos? School pictures, school pictures. It's from school pictures. That's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like it's got to be some black and white paper with a bunch of faces on it. I, I mean, it was like beautiful colored pictures. Wow. Oh yeah, you you look you prisoner two a seven one went with the space background, uh, <laughs> like those. Uh, all what were the pillars. ones that? What were the ones that used to get at the mall? The oh, glamour uh, shots. Uh, glamour glamour shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> They're all just posing and looking cool. Um, yeah, yeah. If you can't, for those of you that can't see, Dan's posing right now as we're talking. <laughs> He's doing he's doing uh, comedy that does works zero percent for an audio podcast, but it works great for you too. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll uh, one one of these days we'll get to live stream. <laughs> uh, this is too All funny. All right, yeah, yeah. So f- so four fifteen is when they do their prisoner check. Four forty five, it's official. He's gone, um, and and at this point is when we're presented with uh, the theories of what may have happened. Um, um, what, one of the guys says, if there is a lack in, lacks in security, uh, that, uh, uh, this is the guy that would have known about it. Mark Adams would have known about it. Um, he, he could have checked schedules, uh, timing where, uh, people would be in certain places. He could have done all this, um, with access to a computer, you know, him being savvy back then, like, you know, and a computer being relatively a new thing for like keeping, uh, you know, files and keeping records of shit. Like I feel like, yeah, these people, like this guy, could figure stuff out. Figure out the technology way quicker than them. Him being so young. He was no so, Mark Nichols, is what you're saying. He was no Mark Nichols. Oh no, no, I'd say he was a lot more intelligent. Um, not as lucky. Fuck no, not as lucky. But yeah. So theory number one that we're presented with. Um, which I kind of like, but it seems unlikely. There's there's unlikely things in all of them. Um, is that he somehow got civilian clothes and walked out with the regular visitors, 
which is like, but they, there's three armed gates, and he would have had to have shown his ID twice. How yeah. would he've gotten a, a photo ID? I mean, maybe with the files on the computer, he could have like you know put a fake name on the reg. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like possibilities are. That's endless. the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of with that one. And then he just walked right the fuck out, no problem at all. Uh, thoughts, questions? Well, I, <laughs> um. On theory number one? I I mean, that's probable. I mean, you could always have visitors slowly sneak you in civilian clothes that you can hide over time. Same with, you know, a fake ID. And then his access to computers would give him the opportunity to print up a visitor's pass and put him on the visitor registration uh, for that day. Possible. So, I mean, that is highly probable. I mean... Both of these escapes that we've talked about, uh, prison escapes, uh, are... Uh, involve these uh, officials, you know, the people that work at the jail, whether it be guards or the warden, giving these individual prisoners a little too much lax, oh, yeah. a little too much leeway. <laughs> Both of these, like, the first one is real dumb. That guy was like, okay, we're just leaving you out on this road. Yeah. See you in a couple hours. We'll see you. That one's extra fucking stupid. <laughs> this one at least is a little bit, <laughs> you know, it makes a little more sense. So, yeah, I think so, that's probable. What about you, Eli? What do uh, you think? I don't know. You work I, with computers. I mean, maybe. I, I don't... In 1986, it's, it had to be way easier. Yeah, way, way, way easier. Well, I mean, with what we know now, though. But so it's kind of... He would have had to know... To, like, put yourself in that mindset. He would have had to know what the guest passes look like. Yeah. He would have had to know... Like yeah, if he has people myself, visiting him, he would see what the passes look like because they would have to wear them. That's true. I'm thinking of myself as a 16-year-old, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I could have probably figured that well, out. Well, hey... No, that's not the I, same. We actually, Come on, our friends faked passes to the war. I'm sure we could say, figure out how to get out of I a prison. I was about to say, you know what's funny about that? That's so stupid. Is, is the statute of limitations over? Can I and still I get we in trouble about that? I think we were way too old to... We were way too old to fake... To... to like by the time you that year you guys made those fake oh yeah know, it wasn't any of us three we were way too old but they made, our friends made no it was me it was passes. totally me it was me Corey oh, and Adrian yeah I'm the oh. one that actually had the Photoshop so I was gonna tell you guys I was looking through pictures the other day and I actually found all of the you... the evidence that I had gathered because what we did was we went on their MySpace we went on the Warp Tours MySpace and we saw previous cities and what the re- the way we got any type of photograph of what the past looked like was, I remember this one big fat dude who was shirtless and wearing a crown and a cape was at work tour and he was holding his <laughs> VIP pass in his right hand. And I took a picture, like I screenshot it and I zoomed in super close and I just like fashioned this photoshop of what i thought it looked like when we got there it looked nothing and dan was working it so dan could attest to this it looked nothing <laughs> like the past at all the only the only way it looked legit was because adrian's friend that worked at the kinko's laminated it for us but adrian got caught because oh he put he he was adamant he's like put my picture on there He's like, the people in the band put their pictures on it in the back. I'm like, dude, you're... It- well, well, no, he put his on the front. That was the giveaway. When the oh. security dude looked at the ID, at first he didn't question it, and then he did a double look because he That's saw that the photo funny. was on the front and not the back. And then yeah. when he turned it over and saw there was nothing on the back, that was like, he's like, oh, right, dude, fuckers, you're out of here. Fuck out. See, but what we did, me and Jocelyn, what we did, my wife, I think we were just dating at the time. Yeah, we were married. We, we, we got in, and we put the badges in our in her purse and we're like okay we're in that's all i want to do is i just want to get in without paying and uh, i mean we're young dumb teenagers so 
we didn't have any money. We just wanted to go see. You were twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> Was I twenty three? I might have been twenty three. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you're right. You know what? Because I didn't. Eli, know. that was last year. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 23 <laughs> is still like an, it, it, it's still okay to be dumb when you're 23. Yeah. That's okay. Well, this guy, this say. guy broke out of prison when he was 23, so I can, I can break into Warp Tour. <laughs> 23. You can break into Warp Tour. Not the same thing. It's kind of like prison. Right, so I mean, it feels like we, you're prison uh, when you work that show. Because what? we were talking what about, we, because we were talking about him faking guy. passes too. So, anyways. Not passes. <laughs> you know that time he, he faked his way into Warp Tour. Oh, no, 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 wait. Yeah, so, I really yeah. want to go. I really want to get out of this prison. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a fake ID. <laughs> I'm gonna walk gonna out as a guest. Tour. As long as I'm in Warp Tour, I can go back to prison. I'm happy. Uh, I can see. Man. As long as I can see. Uh, Chiodos. Used play. <laughs> play the main stage. Oh, no, it was a. All right. So theory was, number. I think two. it was like. Sa- I think Saves the Day was playing, and so was. Uh, uh, damn, I don't even remember. All Anyways, right, we're, we're done. Anyway. Enough warp tour time. <laughs> so, theory number two, uh, which I think is total no way style. They scale. Uh, this dude scaled the wall. Nah, just climbed the wall. I don't like that. I don't like this. Uh, he would have had to do it at the such a perfect yeah, time that yeah, I don't buy it. it. Just doesn't make. I don't buy sense. it. The, the, the stars would have had to align too much for him to. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> that it, dude it would is, have been it shot. Is very possible. Oh yeah, but the probability is like a million and one. And then they say that the three people, because he escaped prison successfully, three people tried, tried climbing it. the wall after that, and no fucking dies. No, no. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I'm just picturing a. I'm just picturing One was Lex, injured while being Lex apprehended. Luther. They they emphasize uh, yeah. that. I, I'm picturing Lex Luthor in the old Superman movie, like when he gets uh, they break him out of prison in a fucking uh, uh, hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> He's like in the prison yard. And they See like it's like hungry right over the prison yard, and they drop the fucking rope ladder, and he's like climbing up. Yeah, but, it uh, could have been like what's his name, uh, Otis, who played by that great comedian. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Otis is too fat, so they have to leave without him. It could have been like El oh, Chapo, man. where he like just dug. <laughs> he just dug for four years. He like Dude. just goes into this place and just comes out some random house. <laughs> well, I don't know. He did. He did end up in kind of a weird place. But let's get to the third theory before we. This is talk this about is the it. one I think is most plausible. I I think. Um, the vehicles. Yes. Um, that he escaped in some sort of uh, vehicle that would have brought brought food, water, just something. Apparently, over t- uh, apparently exact. Two hundred and two hundred and twenty-five vehicles into the prison a day. Yeah, this so is the most be, plausible to me. I think this is how he got out, for sure. Um. They do talk about how crazy they go over everything that leaves the um, the prison. They check like the bottom and under it and everything. Um, so he would have had to have like been watching these trucks and seeing. You know, I think he would have had to. Yeah, he found a loophole. I think it's definitely one in three. I think one or three. Yeah, I don't think either, I don't think he's killed them all. Faking passes and being like super sneaky by keeping it low key. Or him just like straight up, like hiding in a garbage truck or something. Yeah, I, I think the garbage truck is very probable because you could bury yourself in the compacted right, garbage, and, they're not gonna and check you it. know, they're not going to go digging through that. They're just going to look and see if any garbage has been you know disturbed. See, that's that's, so that's, that's why I think highly probable. I think he found a loophole. I think he did watch, and I think he saw the service vehicles, and he's like, "That's the one." 
and he found one that a there was a lazy guard and b the type of vehicle the type of vehicle that he decided to choose i think i think it was a few key and he's like i my escape has to be on this day cuz this guard will be on and he doesn't check thoroughly that's what i think it's weird that it was exactly four years. That after is he weird, got though. though. I think that's, that is you no know, four years like to, the, to day. the day that he was incarcerated. Oh, he was incar- incarcerated. But is that straight up sent? Or is that just? Or is that just incarcerated in general? Formally arrested for the for the crime. Well, when you're incarcerated, that means you're actually being processed through the system, and you're an actual prisoner of a state penitentiary. Hmm. Interesting. Well, either way, it was a coincidence. I don't know if he planned it that way specifically, but... For my fourth anniversary, I'm going to get myself... Out of here! Freedom! <laughs> Wee! Free! Yeah, I'm going to go I to mean, work tour, guys! It's, pre- it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to... Wo- now, what's his name? John. John. Mark, Mark Adams. Adams. Fuck. Mark Adams. <laughs> what have you done now that you've escaped from San Quentin? <laughs> I'm going to work tour! Ooh, With this badge yeah. I made in prison. <laughs> Less than Jake's playing their 20th year anniversary of their album. Oh, Music man. Streak. I don't know. Actually, they're not even cool. They don't even have cool ska bands. It's just like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> fucking Warped Tour. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Um, so, uh, update. <laughs> um, s- took, took fucking seven years. But um, he was uh, Mark Adams was captured in Puerto mm-hmm. Rico. Aye, aye, aye. And, Great place uh, to go. I, and I think, oh yeah, and then he was immediately transferred. <laughs> You're going back, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and only a year later, he was shot by and a prison killed, guard. Um, by a guard because he was a, uh, it was assaulting another prisoner. And he took the secret of how he escaped to his grave. That's, yeah, that's how hardcore this prison was, anybody. man. They had gunning that's, cats. That's so fucking cool that's that he gangster. didn't tell a fucking that's so soul gangster. how he escaped. Because he was dead. So they could never fix yep. it. No, no, I mean, he was th- he was back for a full year. He never told no. anybody. I wonder if he would have eventually. He probably um, would have, because he, he, if he escaped once, and like they said, he would seize any opportunity to stay out of his cell. Yeah. It wouldn't be long before he found people that he trusted, and it was like, hey, you know, the last time I did it, I did it this way, and I was out for seven years. Yeah. Let's work together and, you know. Let's get out of here. Let's get so, out for another 14. He's kind of like the lamest version of, like, a modern outlaw. So he kills this kid at 16. He's in San Quentin by 19. He escapes, what, 20, like, when he was, like, 20? Didn't they say 23. He was 23. Was it? it was four years. 20, four 20, years. 23. Okay, four years. And then he... So he's caught when he's uh, 27, right? Because they said he was... Oh, wait. No, seven so years. He, he so was 30. Released? He was 30, right? So seven years after he was... He w- he left. Correct? So he, okay. he escaped Yeah, they caught him when seven years after he yeah, escaped so he from jail. Yeah, he was already 30 years old. So he's caught run. at 30, sent back to San Quentin, and then um, he dies by being shot in prison at mm-hmm. 31. Shitty outlaws. What happened? Which is my how notes? old I am? Because it's like, <laughs> I mean, he, he he did. I have a deep connection to this episode, guys. The first kid was born like, on the oh, same man. year as me, and then Mark Adams dies the same year that I am right now. This year, yeah, that's 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 uh, pretty good crazy. For you. 
<laughs> Good for nice. you. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, escaping from San Quentin, um, <laughs> killing that kid is still fucking oh, yeah. stupid. But like, like, like if he didn't just, I don't know. I guess all, yeah. I don't. I, I was just thinking of him as an outlaw because he died really yeah. young and did some uh, random crimes and escaped from prison. And, yeah, but like a not very, not good, a very one. good one. And it's not easy, even in 1986 or 1987. It's not that easy to. It wasn't that easy to be an outlaw back then. <laughs> uh, apparently not. I mean, look at this guy. So the next one is a uh, fraud, fraud case. Mr. Stephen Cox. You want to? You, you yeah. want to tell us about Mr. Stephen St. Cox? What did they say? St. Cox. St. Cox. So this guy was a modern day thief man <laughs> so <laughs> that was a bit, i thought you were gonna say something like oh yeah that was good yeah no you know no, no modern day, modern day thief, thief. <laughs> modern not even a modern uh Pon- this guy was Ponzi i mean scheme. he started out as a good uh, as a good dude right, i so mean let's, let's start from he the, was like a hometown yeah, hero let's start from the beginning. so well, well, they start off the story yeah. by talking about in 1981 lorraine who was 68 at the time was newly widowed her husband left her newly widowed i yeah. think they say that wrong like it i know sounds like, like newly oh, married congratulations like, no, yeah. freshly back on the market because your husband yeah. died New- newly well, he widowed. left her he left her a little bit of an inheritance and um she invested it with this with stephen cox <laughs> and then they a hundred thousand dollars is what they said and then they talk about That's in uh, 1976 cash. michelle witt was hit by a drunk driver and she was awarded seventy five thousand by the insurance company. She also invested with Stephen Cox. She was par. She was like, I, I think she's paralyzed right, from the waist right. down, right? Is what yep. they make it seem. And so, um, th- she. I think she had. They gave her seventy five thousand. Yeah, seventy five thousand. Right? Yes. Am I so then seventy five thousand. They talk about, and they they bury the lead here, where they talk about how uh, in September of. T- 24th, 1984, is when Stephen Cox disappeared and was never seen again. So then they cut to a courtroom, bankruptcy court, 200 investors that had given Mr. Cox money, uh, totaling in excess of $3.5 million. $3.5 million. That's a lot of... All, it's pretty much like anyone million. who had some cash in the in the whole town of of Medford, yeah, because Oregon. Because he was a you know they talk about his 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 uh, legacy there, and he was a it, as Mr. Steck puts it, he was a hometown boy. He was trusted. Yeah, people, he was, people liked the guy. You know, people thought this guy is somebody I can trust with my money. So, I mean, he was the captain of the football right? team and a letterman on the baseball team, yep. and also and, even an all-state baseball member. So this dude was, and he was in basketball yeah, too. He's just like a fucking Zach, blonde, cool Zach jock Morris that everybody type. loved. <laughs> another, another Zach, Zach Morris, Morris. Another, but more, but more of like a uh, who, who, who's like a fifties equivalent? Uh, Fonzie? No, not Fonzie. Fonzie's equivalent. Uh, Ron Howard in Happy <laughs> no. Days. Yeah, he, he he was the Ron Howard of no, the. No, Ron Howard wasn't. No, he wasn't. He wasn't a jock, um, and neither was Fonzie. Fonzie was just cool, man. Tweet us with your with your sixties. Uh, who's the Zach oh, Morris man, who's of nineteen sixty? Morris of nineteen sixty guys. <laughs> of early nineteen sixties. Uh, that's just a guess. I don't know. When, I don't know his fucking. So, name. anyways. 
so yeah, he uh, went to college in Oregon, and he graduated and married his co- college sweetheart, who is another Deborah. Is this sweetheart? Oh Deborah yeah, Deborah two. Deborah two point oh. D two. And they settled in Medford. Um, <laughs> In 1982, Cox started SD Cox Investments. So he had good intentions. They say that he had some luck and he really wanted to make some people some money. So people, you know, being a trusted person of the town, people gave him money and said, you know, and he gave an outrageous rate of return, which is like 25% is what he was offering people. Which is crazy. What? 25%? He's yeah, offering yeah. 25%. He said, Make, give me your money, I'll give you 25% back. Which is enormous. It's fucking so, stupid. Um, it says he gave them... And, and, and he, but he wouldn't right, give them he, shit. He gave them IOUs in the form of a promissory note. Yeah. So the, his business grew, fucking. and then he hired. He had to hire Eugene <laughs> Richmond. So then... Oh, dude. I, I have in my notes... Eugene. Sorry. Steve's bitch Eugene. boy. Steve's bitch boy. <laughs> this guy... He's like I've pretty much been friends with uh, Steve. Yeah, since he looked up to, and I just lo- I've looked up to yeah. him. I do everything he, he, he for said, him. I'll pretty much do it anything he says. <laughs> yep. Doesn't he say something, something like along that? Along those lines. Anyways, Eugene. Oh, you, if God. he told me to kill somebody, I would have done it. Well, we'll get to. Yeah, we'll get to how far he followed Mr. Cox. Yeah, yeah. Here in a second. <laughs> yeah, literally followed he him literally like a puppy dog. Him like a. Eugene's a dweeb, but the guy who's his reenactment actor has like this perfectly like just got out of the haircut place <laughs> mullet. Like it's such yeah. a perfect like oh, man. like nice. He's like know, a nice place sub- here. It's kind of subtle, kind of a so subtle mullet he, too. He uh, he Eugene's job was <laughs> he would get people to invest. So he he's the one that talked Lorraine um, into giving her all of into giving Steve all of her money. So he claims yeah, that he yeah. was up front and told clients that there was a risk. But then they cut to Lorraine <laughs> calling him the big like fucking right at, liar. Like right after the, uh, He's like, he like, never yeah. told me. It's almost like they were in the same room he together. Didn't he didn't me tell me anything. Yeah, it was like watching yeah. the real world or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said this. No, no that's not what you that's told not me. What you said. And he said, well, I didn't do my job. So in 1983, the business was flourishing, and he was buying businesses left and right. He bought a bar. He bought a restaurant, just to name a few. Um, Two jewelry stores and an arcade, Yeah, he bought too. a... He was just buying up Fucking stuff. shopping. And apparently, like, they had a lot of, like, assets, which were the... Uh, a bunch of, like, jewels and emeralds and rubies and medallions. Yeah, so he, he, he had gained a reputation... He had gained a reputation for handling people's money, so uh, people were just asking him to invest, so... I mean, they would see him driving a nice car. They thought he was successful. <clears throat> and Eugene makes it a point to say that, you know, he was behind on his on his payments. Two months. Yeah, and he was, like, putting up a facade, which was kind of what was keeping all the investors and all of his clients yeah. probably happy. Oh, he looks like he's it's, doing good. He looks it's like almost like that you know, scene from, from Wolf of Wall Street when uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort is sitting there eating breakfast. And then Jonah Hill's character comes and he says, hey, don't you live in my building? He says, yeah. He says, you you drive that? He said, you, you know, what do you do? He says, you, you show me what you, you show me your check for how much you make and I'll quit my job right now. It's almost like that where he sees, you know, everybody in the town sees the success and they're like, I want a piece of that pie. But despite all of that, he was still losing money for people. That's a good example, oh, Eli. <laughs> I really very like good Wall Street. That's like one of my favorite movies. I've only seen that movie Dude. once, but you explained to me that it's like, have you seen, have you seen the movie again? 
I enjoyed it. Have you seen the Amazon? There's an Amazon review, and it's my favorite. (laughs) Somebody gave it one star, and then they explain, there are no wolves in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's too funny. funny. I can totally see you, Eli. What? I can totally see you at work just, like, sitting in your cubicle going, Uh, uh, Oh. On Instagram, I put a... I was watching this silly ass uh, Stephen King movie Night Flyer with the uh, with the great Miguel Ferrer, yeah. and uh, and I was and it, it reminded me a lot of Nightcrawler because there um, the two the main characters in both movies are like shameless tabloid like they'll take yeah. pictures of anything for a buck. Dude, like, that was an underrated but, movie. But Night Flyer had Miguel Ferrer, which I really love, and it had a vampire. Ooh. Nightcrawler, which also sounds like a vampire movie. Not one fucking single <laughs> vampire. That, it, it's a really good movie. I think a really it's totally underrated. In case anybody's listening, I do love Nightcrawler, but I'll pr- I'd watch a shitty Stephen King movie over anything. I, uh, just, you know, it's just, that's where I, my heart I is. I like but, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, man, in that. He, he did a good job. Anyways, so. Yeah, that's a crazy, yeah. yeah. I think if you haven't seen uh, it, people, Unsolved definitely. Mysteries, Unsolved Mysteries people would. Uh, if you like haven't seen it, shit. definitely give it a watch. A weird movie. It's totally good. So, so, anyways, they see that the they see the car. You know, they think he's successful. So, in 1984, his investments started to go south. Um, he wasn't. Eugene makes it a point to say that he wasn't just. He just wasn't a very good businessman. So he had great intentions, and he was trying to keep himself afloat. He's trying to, you know, give the rate of return that he was telling people, and he just couldn't make it. He was making bad decisions. It was becoming like a pyramid yeah. scheme, right? It's basically he was saying he just, like he yeah. was sending Eugene out and saying like you got to sign more people, otherwise we're gonna exactly. fold. He also mentions how competitive like right. Steve he didn't want to like, lose, which the, which I can like, totally see because he was he was uh, an athlete. He was a job. Yeah, he didn't want to lose. Poor dude. It seems like a very competitive person <sighs> who wants to always be the best. at I everything. feel so bad, man, because I I can't I I just see the. I think he peaked in high school, man, and I, I just feel like he was trying to, like, relive <laughs> his, like, glory days of, like... He wanted to be the jock yeah, of the, the whole hero, town of man. Uh, and, uh, and, and once it started slipping, That's just like, speculation, but that's just what the, fuck this. the story that, yeah. that Robert Stack kind of lays out, it's kind, that's kind of where I feel like he was going. I mean, he, he married his high school sweetheart, he just kind of kept... He stayed in that little town and just kept being that same, like, yeah. jock, but, like, you know... As a as a you know business owner or whatever right. in this in the town, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's probably a lot of like psychological things you could get into about about that. There's probably a lot to to be said about you can that. dissect that for hours. So anyways, so yeah. the businesses he didn't want to cut them out. He was losing money on all these things that he bought, and he he just didn't he didn't want to let them go. So uh, they were pushing for more clients. They talk about Eugene going back to Lorraine asking for an extra five thousand. This is sad. Like, I know. really, they need they need an extra five after she gave them like Ugh. this whole investment of like a hundred. Your investments are doing so good. Yeah. That give us five grand. I need five thousand more just to make sure it's extra right. good. I don't know this sweet old lady. I'm going to say it again. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody that doesn't know giving somebody else money that you hard like hard earned money. There's always he's a gonna risk. write you a nice personable note a risk. that tells you about how he's gonna pay. There's you back. always a risk. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Those are better. That's money. Those are IOUs. <laughs> Go ahead and add it up. Actually, every cent's accounted for. 
Maybe they were making fun of this I'm case in Dumb and Dumber. Maybe. Yeah. See, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back even further and go with Popeye. Oh. Like, may I pay you? May I pay you Tuesday? I'll pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, Wimpy. It's as simple Wimpy. as that, kiddies. It's as simple as yeah. that. So, definitely, yeah, definitely do your research in what you're investing in. Anyways, um, where were we? So, uh, Eugene plays dumb, and he says that he had no idea oh. at the time that they had planned on leaving, which I, I call bullshit. I, I happen to believe that Eugene did know that they were leaving, and they needed an extra $5,000 cash just to take on the road, and they they took advantage of Who it. says... Who who says um, um, that that you, they were planning it for a week and then one day they were just gone? Yeah, this is one of the cops. No, one of the FBI investigators said like when Eugene came back and they interviewed him, it he made it. That. He was saying like you know they confronted him like we got to go now, but the way he was discussing how they left the business was like they they had planned it because you know they left on a Friday and at the end of the business day they told everyone like hey we're going out of town on business yeah, we'll nothing out of the out of the strange cuz you know that was common they're like they didn't they were like we'll see you guys on Tuesday right. yeah. you know we're not coming back until late Monday night we'll see you guys Tuesday morning and then as soon as everyone left that's it's fucking they, emptied the safe the 90s dude. scheme music dude did you notice oh, they yeah. dropped <laughs> that <laughs> there's some sick music in this one there's some yeah, so they pack up everything. They hightail it in the truck. Oh, they man, packed yeah. up. I wrote a list of they, all the shit they took. They, they, 200000 in gold, silver, jewelry, and cash. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, oh, wait. Well, no, that's what they find later in his car. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. Anyways. Right, continue. <laughs> anyways, they, they pack up. His wife and him pack up the, the house. They pack up everything. The entire house. They even take the financial records that uh, he kept on Via disc. floppy disc. Wow. In a floppy <laughs> So and then it says they left to Hawaii. That's how, Hawaii. That's how Stack Boy says it. Um, Their destination, Hawaii. Yeah. So three. <laughs> it's like you can't say like you can't sound like you ain't having fun when you say Hawaii. No, you can't. Even Robert Stack. So three point five million <laughs> gone in a second. So they claimed that he feared for his life. So they talk about <clears throat> when. Oh yeah. Deborah yeah. returns. Ten months later, and showed up the mysteriously with, the mysterious investor. Yeah, with her with her lawyer, and then they also talk about how Eugene came back uh, a few months about a week a later, week, right? Yeah, a week later, you're right. A week and, later and after he returned, and they both cooperated, both lawyered up. Uh, so the info it says the info they gave really wasn't too helpful to the police, although they do uh, make a statement about. Um, he he was well. First of all, Eugene was careful not to incriminate himself. So, um, but Eugene does give some a little bit of helpful information, saying that they left because there was an angry investor. So apparently, this this guy gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to Mr. Cox, and he owed this guy money, and so that's why they skipped town. But what's that about them taking? Like, uh, it was like a mysterious investor. That, yeah. So the investor took, was took worried life. about losing his money, so he took out a life insurance policy against. Uh, Steve Cox, so in the event that, you know, something, you know, unfortunate happened to him, he'd still get paid out. I mean, it's kind of a common practice. Uh, A couple of years ago, uh, Walmart actually got busted for employees that, if they had employees that had pre-existing conditions, um, they would take stupid large health insurance policies out on them, hoping that they would die on the job, and they would get a cash payout. 
for one of their employees passing away. Oh, Walmart did that? That's shady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's a shady. It's it's a shady insurance policy. Like when I, you do some shady business, like what this guy was doing. No, they didn't go into when, detail. When, they uh, just they just skim over it. They just say that yeah. They took- when they initially explained that, I didn't understand it. I was like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Why? So it was like yeah. the investor's insurance of like you know if his his company bellies up, then I can always hire a hitman and whack this guy, and then I still get paid. Yeah, but then Steve Steve Oz, but then apparently uh, they left also because he feared for his life and his kid's wife. Uh, sorry, his his life and his wife's life and his kid's wife life. <laughs> his wife and kid's life. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you know what I'm thinking, man? They were gone for a while. They were gone. I don't know exactly. I forget how long they were gone. But man, they could have just made up this fake ass investment. Something like ten, ten months. Story. Yeah, totally. Ten months later is when they came back. <laughs> they could have co- They could have just made this guy up and just Stephen Cox being a dumb dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. Know. It's like. These two guys, uh, the guy who escaped from prison and Stephen Cox, like, they couldn't, they had, I mean, at least Stephen Cox, man, he must have been a really great talker or something. It's like, it's just all, all these people, well, I guess when everyone else is giving their money to this guy. Mm-hmm. They're like, why not? He's making money. Like, yeah, like that the one lady who was uh, paraplegic uh-huh. pretty much said that, that she got like 1200 bucks a month. No, she right. needed 1200 a month to pay for her around the clock nursing care and at first she was getting checks for 1250 so she didn't question it. She was seeing money coming in at the front end, but once the business yeah. started to default, she stopped getting the payments. Yeah. So and and, the, and then the cop also says that none of these fuckers are ever there, like there's no There's way. no way. There's no money left like, if like, the wells dried up. There's yeah, he was like, uh, he's like, aside from Stephen Cox winning the lottery, <laughs> like none of these people are getting their fucking money back. It's, oh it's man, fucking crazy. That's heartbreaking. It's man. the truth. Uh, anyways, <laughs> anyway, does anybody else want to talk about the next the update? Uh, How this is this is a pretty wild one, right? Edna Reed, the freaking nosy Dude. innkeeper. <laughs> She's badass. Well, I mean, yeah. So, so anyway, so he goes missing, and they don't say when they catch him. They just say, you know, update: Cox arrested in Lake Mead, Nevada, twenty mile, twenty five miles southeast of Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into saying, like, you know, five days after he left Boise, Idaho, Cox checked into the Lake Mead Motor Hotel under the alias John Strauss. It's it's uh, Lake Mead Lodge. The Lake Mead, oh, sorry, Lake Mead Lodge. Lake, Lake Mead Lodge, which sounded very cool in Twin Peaksy, but it looked pretty shit. <laughs> um, under the <laughs> alias of John Strauss. Lake Mead rent. Lodge. That's a, that's a fucking, that's a tongue twister. The, the, Lake Mead Lodge Motel. LML. One of those places they rent the rooms L-M-L-M. by the hour. And then what originally rose suspicion was when he checked in, he had put on his registration card that his vehicle was from Arizona and noise, uh, nosy, noisy, nosy Edna Reed goes out and takes a look and notices, you know, the car that he's described on the paper has Idaho plates, but the paper says it's from Arizona. Correct. And at first, she doesn't like, really think about well, that's it. That's not too nosy. That's not too nosy. Like, like it, you want to make sure that that the fucking plates match the ones that someone wrote. True. I honestly didn't because, think anybody. I've stayed at like hotels and stuff, and they ask that, and I'm like, nobody really looks at these. Like, I, well, 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 don't they tow cars? Maybe if, if yeah, maybe, so maybe if someone's not staying there, but 
it seems way harder than just putting a sticker on just put a sticker on the car rather than just like actually like you know matching up people's license plates at the end of the night yeah, you know yeah. so so he threw his trash away like f- like five rooms down like he went out of his way to go to a different trash can he also didn't leave at which night is like, i mean he only left at night he didn't leave during oh the yeah day. And, and when you're staying at a place a lot lake mead it's a lake like you go to lake mead to fucking hang out on the lake right yeah to be in the wilderness yeah <laughs> so she being 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 nosy, she goes and empties the receptacle, and she's like, you know, she even says, she's like, you know, being a woman, I saw the letter, and, well, you know, I read it. Yeah, no, nosy, And, and nosy one of the woman. things the letter mentions, it says, um... <coughs> the Unsolved Mystery Show was a bombshell. Yeah. And she's like, okay, okay, maybe, uh... <laughs> she, she said she, M- she consulted Harold Maybe I should Harold tell my husband, husband Howard. Her- Harold or Howard? She, Harold, sorry, she, my bad. Harold. Tell my husband she, Harold. She, she consulted Harold, and they decided to call up the Rangers. I, I love everything about it. You know what's really great. funny is that I worked with a guy named Harold, and people called him Howard all the time. <laughs> I guess that's just one of those like, names that's like easily mixed up. He signed into the hotel as John Strauss. Um, the car didn't belong to that person, is what they found out immediately once they called the cops. Um, uh, it belonged to Robert Davis, right? Well... So, yeah, who they did discover, the car? She, they discover after she she calls the Rangers and they give him the license plate that the car isn't registered to to a John Strauss. So they pass it on to the police and they go looking for him. So the next day after they've been notified, they go to the police, uh, go to the hotel, and he's not there. So the following day, they start cruising around town looking for the vehicle, and they happen to see it, and they pull him over. And when the cop pulls him over, he's already been notified that the person staying at the hotel is known as John Strauss. When the cop pulls him over, he hands over identification saying that he is Robert Davis. Yeah, which is an alias, right? And I guess that pinged, that pinged. I bet you Eugene or his wife said that was one of his aliases because they immediately knew it was him. Um, Oh, yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention was they, they go out of their way to mention that's 25 miles away from Vegas. And they go out of their way to, and they mention that he was pulled over in the parking lot of a another casino when the cop finally got him. And then they talk about the small fortune that he had in the car, um, and, which was uh, uh, baseball cards, gold, silver coins, jewelry. Um, they have a, they show cash, so I guess there was some you know uh, duffel bags of cash and stuff. So yeah, they're like, all right, we got this dude. Boom. Yeah, they got him. Justice. He only served two of his twenty years. Anybody else look Dude. up anything else about this? No, I was a little crazy. too pissed off about that actually. <laughs> two years of this twenty. Two year years sentence. of a fucking twenty year sentence. That's nothing. I want to know what nothing. his defense team was like. The OJ team. The scheme team. If only. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that cop knew that he who he was pulling over. I think he just. I think he just knew the uh, the the car. There was like a the, bolo, the like being, be on the lookout for. Yeah, because when when he explains the small fortune, he seems like he's very surprised. And I feel like if you if you knew exactly who was pulling over. Oh no, it wasn't that, that they knew it was odd. Steve Cox. Like it wasn't like they 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 explained it that. It's just the car. He was told that the person that owned the vehicle was John Strauss. So you know. What the hotel gave him information on on what it would be, and when he got the information from the individual, it didn't match the information that gave 
that was given to him by the hotel. The, it's weird. There's like there's like a lot of uh, video clips in in some of these recent episodes that are like vastly different quality. Because when that cop was talking uh, about the end of this, about him getting arrested, yeah. I it was like harder to understand, and the video oh, was shitty. Yeah, for sure. Um, same thing with some of the updates, but um, you know you can't complain. It's all right. Um, yeah. So like I said, he only served two of the twenty years. We didn't. Really, I didn't really look into that much more. But uh, so it says. I guess nobody got his fucking money. Nobody it said he was found guilty back. of all charges and sentenced to 20 years in prison. He was released on parole after uh, serving only three years. It says three years on the wiki. But he was arrested again in 2005 in Garden City, Idaho, on charges of grand theft, auto forgery, uh, computer crime, and parole violation. Stephen Cox was again released from prison in 2013. So he's still out there scheming, man. Yeah, so if you right have SD shit. Cox investments knocking at your door, don't sign. Don't don't. I'm do sure it. he's got like his 80th name or something. Okay, so but so yeah, so RD crazy. investments or JS investments don't sign. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, investments. That's creepy. All right, so the last one's kind of a quickie. Yeah, Dan. Uh, we talked about this, Dan. <laughs> what did you say about this last step? This last uh, this last case. <laughs> The way Dan said, he said, let's just talk 60. We got 60 seconds. Oh, yeah. It's like they told Robert Sack, like, hey, we got 60 seconds of filler time. Let's, you know, let's let's just squeeze in this dead girl. You know, we can do it. We we can do it in 60 seconds. Can you do it? Can you do it, Robert? We can squeeze 60. Well, oh, yeah. Well, I forgot to I forgot to mention in between the the uh, the last two cases we talked about. They they do the actual Gail Delano update about the mom who was like suicidal and ran away and uh uh, and she was found dead in the hotel, but, but yeah. So let's talk about poor ba- oh, yeah, uh, Barbara Jean. Um, Barbara Jean. So yeah. So th- this is kind of what we were, you were talking about in an earlier episode, Eli. It's like really awkward. I think this guy must have been a stack fan, dude. This cop, the investigating <laughs> officer, seems so fucking nervous. I mean, like he's talking about a horrific crime. Though. I mean, he just reads sure it off quick. Of, uh, it's just like yeah, da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. I wonder so why Barbara they did Jean, it like this. That's so she weird. Was, it, this happened in uh, July twelfth, nineteen eighty eight. Um, she was playing outside. She was like four and a half years old. She was playing outside. Uh, her mom was at work, and her dad like went to check on her after like being inside for just a little bit, probably. And uh, she she wasn't there. So immediately they call the cops and they they scour the blocks. And two hours later. They find this little girl's naked body, which uh, isn't in the Unsolved Mysteries, uh, bludgeoned to death in a cardboard box a t- for a TV. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's fucking just visceral, just so brutal and awful. Just like, that's it. Two hours later, they found her. And um, basically, they did uh, they did have an eyewitness, a couple of people that said they saw a guy carrying a box. They said he was like a white guy, 25 to 35, 5'8", five, maybe 180 pounds. That he had like sandy brown hair, a little bit of blonde. That's pretty much Sandy all brown hair with blonde up front with white then, t-shirt and a cutoff jeans. And then they're just like, all right, everybody, like, cool. Um, help us if you can. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's a straight up plead. And it is an awkward interview. It's awkward as oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, guy totally. Seems like, yeah, like it's it's just weird hearing uh, a back and forth with Robert Sack asking someone questions, and, and just not hearing him narrate something. You know, what I mean that kind of threw me off yeah. too. 
but but I want to talk about the update that they give us. So they arrested the neighbor like two years, like a, a couple years later, and his name was Walter o- Ogrod. Walter Ogrod. And um, they arrested this guy, and and I don't know. It, that's all it says. They arrested him. He had a, he sentenced to death. So I looked this up because I was like, you know, that was really short. I feel like we could talk about this a little bit more. Right. <clears throat> so there's a book about this guy called The Trials of Walter Ogrod. And basically the story is two years later, they assigned a brand new uh, group of dete- two, two detectives to really like – you know, crack this case because it was a small little area that just haunted everybody. Um, after they couldn't get the stepdad to break and just fucking like uh, admit to killing her, yeah. they went right after this neighbor who, who was a, a slow, very odd, and was a truck driver. So um, they pull him in after like a fourteen. Hour, they pull him in after a shift. He hasn't slept. He gets interrogated for 14 hours and eventually signs um, this confession, like a super specific confession. Like a Brandon Dessie type situation where he's just like, yeah, exactly. He's had, yes, this guy's had multiple trials uh, right now. He's not on a life sentence. So there's people that are fighting to keep him off his life sentence. And there's, there's a book about him that this guy wrote and he has an interesting story. His dad, uh, died, uh, uh, was was killed by the death penalty and he's this writer and he wrote this book about this guy and because it's called the trials of walter uh, agron wow. because he's had multiple and uh yeah and so i honestly after reading this i don't think he did i don't think he did that i just think it was just one of those you know yeah 80s cop situations they just like 80s, wanted to pin it on somebody small town cop situations just yeah exactly like we've seen a lot in like recent true crime documentaries like you said like making a murderer and it's yeah, dang. So I don't think this guy did. So that. there was a, there, but it's there, such an awful. There was time. a podcast that I heard, and I was it was eerily similar about a little girl who was outside playing and was found later in a box. But they caught the guy, and I I, I tried looking it up because I was like, is this the same case? But I I couldn't find a connection, so I don't think this is it. But. That's pretty specific. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I it seems like it it is, and I I I want to say I listened I to know. it. I, I think it's recently. safe to say that like uh, that. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, we're doing the unsolved mysteries version of these cases. I mean, we know we're not doing anything new by talking about Son of Sam yeah, or some yeah, of yeah. these uh, murders that other people have covered. We're just trying to give it like the beginning, which is the stack version, and the end, which is the internet. Which yeah, is kind of. Putting in little nice little speaking speaking of of the internet, there was an update of one of our most recent episodes of uh, DB Cooper. Oh, that's right. We forgot to. I- oh, we'll see if anything comes out of that. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. So um, cool. today, Fox News announced that a a private investigator and a team has um, basically sued the FBI with the Freedom of Information Act because information wasn't properly passed on during the investigation. And they've started digging in a certain area. The guy doesn't want to disclose where they're searching. But in the process of searching, they discovered a strap from a parachute bag that may or may not be similar to what D.B. Cooper used. So because of that, they're now asking for assistance to to start digging more into this because it, it is a possibility. 
um, that it might actually be someone that they originally crossed off the list. And when they revisited the situation or revisited the case, um, even the FBI is now thinking that they should go and look back at this previous suspect. That's crazy. So, I mean, that that's kind of cool. Like, I mean, the Fox article is a little vague um, because, you know, it was just published today. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what happens in the next few weeks if they really follow through on this. Crazy. Um, Derek Godsey, uh, at Derek Godsey, Derek underscore Godsey underscore seven on Twitter, tweeted at the Stack Pack, James Klansnick was D.B. Cooper, and he has pictures. Wow. He sent me uh, pictures of him young compared to some of the sketches and him old. That's crazy. So I want to look up this guy's name, too. <laughs> it never ends. But thanks for that tweet, James. That's pretty cool that uh, people are, like, um, interacting. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it's a good place to end. Maybe D.B. Cooper, you know, like we said, a lot of these mysteries are still unsolved. Um, I am... Uh, uh, we're, we're the stack pack. We're at, uh, the stack pack on Twitter and Instagram. There's also a Facebook page that gets no love. It's really hard to promote Facebook, hey, but, but whatever. We're in we're, its in- we're still this, figuring out the Facebook world. I mean, that's this that's podcast cool. is in yeah. its infancy. All right. Yeah. We're still babes. We're still little, we're still babes. Just, or we're still like the little turtles, you know, on the beach. Like we don't even know if the, we, we might just be taken away by the current and not make it. <laughs> we maybe <laughs> might get eaten by seagulls. Um, <laughs> my kid eating my uh, <laughs> Yeah, so. But uh, I didn't chop uh, up my wife and put her in bags and bury her at the dumps. Don't go digging there now. Ah, fuck. This mic's still on. Oh, shit. shit. My name's Mark. <laughs> my name's Mark. Robert Durst did. <laughs> and I just Robert Durst did, didn't I? Ah, shucks. <laughs> oh, um, shit. But yeah, uh, please. Uh,. But yeah, please rate and review us on iTunes. Yes. That'd be neat. Rate and uh, we don't have any. Rate and review. Um, I'm uh, David Howell at Davy Howell on Instagram and Twitter. I'm uh, Eli Dominguez, Big Bad Vinyl Dan on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Road Dan, Road underscore Dan on Instagram and Twitter. Oh yeah, Instagram and Twitter. We like saying those things. <laughs> and like we said, uh, Hulu's also uh, Unsolved Mysteries also is available on Hulu now and Amazon Prime. Tell your friends. Um, yeah, tell your friends to listen along. For every mystery, there is someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening. Perhaps that someone is you. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great, great night.